0: What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. This is the one-stop shop for all things coaching. I am your host, Cody Boom Boom McBroom, and my job today is to coach you through all things fitness and nutrition, but dive deep into personal development as well, because my job as a coach is to help you develop into the best version of yourself. If you are new to the show, do me two quick favors, the first one being hit the damn subscribe button. We drop three episodes per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I want to make sure that you are constantly updated with the latest and greatest free content that we are delivering to you. The second thing, scroll down into the description of this show, check out our top four ranked episodes by the listener. That's going to be number one, Nutrition FAQ, number two, Training FAQ, number three, Nutritional Periodization, and number four, My Personal Journey into Fitness. Today's podcast is not a normal Q&A. Usually on Fridays we do a Q&A. Today I decided to switch it up and I wanted to talk about where the industry needs to go. So I spent a good amount of time talking about my personal why. So I did share some of my story and my background behind how I got to where I got today and, and why I do what I do. And I really dove deep into the why behind Boom Boom Performance. And and the reason why I think that's valuable to people listening is because I show you how to discover what your why is and why waiting for your why or or searching for your why might not be the best solution rather letting it find you might be the best solution i don't think you can chase your niche or chase your why down until you find it i think you're going to get frustrated and you might start pushing a message that doesn't resonate with your burning passion or desire so i explain my why and how i found my why and then i dive into the seven things that i think the industry needs to see do more of and go in the direction of right now so before we get into the show, guys, one quick reminder. Please do me a huge favor. If you love this show, if this show does anything good for you, if this show gives you any results whatsoever and you appreciate me for doing it, please do me a huge favor and share it with a friend. There's a few ways you can do this. You can do the obvious, leave us a five star rating or review. You can do the not so obvious, it takes a little bit of time, but it really does help me. Text this to somebody, message this to somebody. DM somebody, Snapchat somebody, Facebook somebody, email somebody, uh, aim, does anybody have AOL aim anymore? Instant message, do that for somebody. Do anything you can to get this podcast in the ears of somebody else because that helps us grow. Word of mouth is the most powerful thing and it's the way we can create more impact and you can help me do that. The other best way is to take a screenshot of this show, post it on your story on Instagram and tag me at cody.boomboom. Let me see who you are. I want to thank you for spending this time listening with me. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. Guys, let's get on to this amazing episode where I dive deep into the why behind Boom Boom Performance and what the industry so desperately needs today. So I really wanted to kind of spend today talking about what the industry needs. Um, I didn't want to do a Q&A this week. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to just really just focus on one specific topic and something actually many things. Um, I actually have seven things written down here kind of have come to my attention more and more, or I have brought them into the conversation more and more just because uh, the conversation arised and and the conversations has been kind of centered around where the industry needs to go, what the problem is with the industry right now. What do I see with what's wrong with the industry? And I feel like I've gotten these questions asked multiple times. Um, And, These next seven things I'm going to share with you today, they're really the reasons I think, I shouldn't say the reasons they are bad because I think the industry as a whole is amazing. I think what we're doing as an industry and as a space, it's very positive. We're helping people transform their lives, Um, but I think that we can continue going down a more positive path. and I think if we do certain things, focus on certain things, and we get other people not in our space, not in the industry. So for coaches listening, if we can influence people who are not coaches to follow this path, I think it, as a whole, we're going to go a better direction. Um, and I think that the coaches in the industry, the people who actually work in the industry, play just as big of a role as the people who invest in our industry. And the people who invest in our industry are the clients that see us. They're the general populations that that give a shit about their body and about their health and about changing what they see in the mirror and what they see on blood markers and stuff like that so they can become healthier, leaner, and more confident in general. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I think it's it's a big, it's not a problem, but it's a big thing right now. There's a lot of like, I feel like there's a lot of hate. I feel like there's a lot of people just shitting on other people in the space and I, I personally don't feel that's right. Um, I take pride in the fact that despite disagreeing with certain individuals I like to think that I don't shit on people I like to think that I don't call people down or put people down or say that you are wrong because I think there's almost always a justifiable reason to do most things I think there's almost always two paths to take I think there's always never a black and white or dogmatic answer. And I think that if we are shitting on people for their philosophies, methods, or beliefs, I I don't think that does any justice, even if they are wrong. If we see somebody preaching a message that is incorrect, but they believe it, who are we to put them down and hate on them? Yes, they might be wrong and and it is what it is, but if they believe it and they're not hurting you by it, like I think debating, positively debating, I think that can help the space I think that can help the industry but I think just like this whole hate thing is just getting crazy and I just I just want to like I don't want to sound like a hippie but I think we should be striving for positivity and and peace within the industry Um, but I want to go through a few things and and this all stemmed because I've been asked quite a bit lately like where I see the industry going and what I think needs to change in the industry what are my thoughts on where the industry is at Um, in my career? What have I seen change for the better or worse? And I get asked these questions all the time. And I think they're really cool questions because they always change, but the answers always change. But it's also just a really good conversation starter. It's a really good topic of discussion. um, And it kind of pushed me to record a podcast about it, obviously. Um, There's a few things I want to touch on. And the first thing is actually just like My why, like why the hell am I doing this in the first place? And and I think that pertains to this topic quite a bit because it explains my thought processes. So as I go through these eight different things, seven different things that I write down, which I would not doubt if as I rant on these topics and kind of elaborate on them, if I create more things, so it could be more than seven by the end of it, but to give context into why I feel this way. I think it's good to start with the why behind me, the why behind my coaching, the why behind my philosophy, the why behind us as a brand, the Boom Boom Performance team, um, and I'm going to get into that right now. So I'm going to get into it, and the way I want to preface this is, is basically kind of starting from the jump. So most people here have listened to my story. If you, if you haven't, I mentioned in the podcast uh, intro every single time <laughs> scroll down and click the episode of my fitness story so go check out the damn episode and learn um, but I've been interviewed quite a few times about my my journey and my process and and it ties back to my why and that's actually how I found my why and, and I think it's funny because there's a lot of people who have asked me like hey how do I find my why right and this this applies to different things so for the client that's talking to me like hey how do I find my why and my answer for them is usually hey look let's associate pain and pleasure so what is your current pleasure? And what pain is that causing you? And it sounds crazy, but like usually the pleasure of somebody who wants to transform their physique, the pleasure is is in a way laziness, which is fine. Like we've all been there. I've been there. Shit, I, I spent mo- the majority of my life there before I transformed. But the pleasure of laziness is comfort. It's chilling on the couch. It's not going to the gym. It's not meal prepping. It's not really giving two shits about what you eat. It's about just not caring like there's some comfort and pleasure in just not having the stress or the thought or the planning behind training and nutrition i get it but the pain it causes is not being healthy not being energetic and not loving what you see in the mirror so now you have a lack of confidence so there is a pain associated with that pleasure and then you have to associate a pleasure that you desire so what is the desired pleasure and what is the pain associated with that well the the desired pleasure is simple I want to love what I see in the mirror. I want abs. I want to have confidence. I want women or men to look at me differently. I want to change my appearance. I want to have energy. Okay, cool. What's the pain associated with that? Usually it's investing your watch in your wallet, right? That's what my old mentor used to always say. You got to invest your watch in your wallet, your time and your money. That's what it is. The pain is I have to invest money. I have to invest time. I have to put effort into the gym. I have to train hard. I have to get uncomfortable in the gym. I have to sweat. I have to meal prep. It's a lot of pain. Granted, those things get easier as time goes, and as you get consistent, you actually start to love the process, and that pain doesn't become a pain anymore. We know this firsthand, most of us, but again, that's a pain and pleasure. So now we go, okay, is sacrificing the pleasure of being lazy, not worrying about that stuff, worth the pleasure of changing my body? And I'm willing to, am I willing to change those pains? right it's a different pain different pleasure you have to distinguish those things that becomes your why your why is to remove that pain you're in to achieve that pleasure for people like me once you do that your why becomes helping others remove that pain now the other side of this is business owners coaches entrepreneurs how do i find my why how do i find my brand mission how do i find my message what my why is and usually, I tell them you can't search for it, and that's where I'm going with this. You can't search for your why because if you're constantly searching for your why, you're gonna just get go crazy. You're gonna get frustrated. It's like searching for your niche. I'm trying to find my niche. I want to be I want to be a specialist, and it's like, okay, well, what are you a specialist in? Well, I'm gonna be the uh, thyroid the the thyroid healing CrossFit coach that only works with women that are ages 34, have two kids are business owners that are highly stressed individuals and have Hashimoto's. It's like, whoa, what a niche. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, now you're helping a very small demographic of people, and that becomes very, very complicated. Um, now, I don't want to sound uh, – okay. Now I sound like I'm shitting on people. I don't mean to sound like that, and I, that's very contra, uh, that's contradicting what I said at the beginning of, of I don't like to do that, and I don't. I just like to joke around because there are some people that become an online coach, and they change their header on their, their bio and their Instagram to something very, very specific, and I always think it's funny. Now, I know individuals who are super successful that only train professional male golfers. And cool, that's fucking sick. I know people that are niched into CrossFit, niched into bodybuilding, niched into female hormone fat loss. Like I know people that are that way and they're very, very successful at it. But here's what I'm saying. They didn't search for that niche. That guy who trains professional golfers loved golf. He grew up around golf. He worked on a golf course. He golfed his whole life. He didn't make a pro because of an injury. and Now he wants to spend his time developing golfers the right way so they don't get injured and can continue to a pro level. Right? That's his why. That makes sense. That found him. He didn't find it. The, the female hormone specialist that works with women who need fat loss, she needed to lose fat. She had hormone issues, and that created a deep burning desire in why to help other individuals get out of the pain that they are in that she experienced. So you see where I'm going with this? I'm not shitting on people, but you can't create a crazy why or niche based on what you think is cool or what you think it should be. You have to let the niche find you. You have to let the why find you. And that's kind of how I found my why my purpose, my message. And my message is essentially, it's, and I've said this before, and I don't have this written on my Instagram profile or on my my website yet um, or anything like that. And who knows if I even will, because it, it doesn't matter as much as, to me, it doesn't matter as much as it, if it's written as it does to just display the effort behind the result I'm trying to give people. What I mean by that is instead of writing it, just do it. Um, but my why is, is educating average individuals and average trainers and coaches to achieve above average results. Usually that means taking advanced principles, methods, tools, science-based strategies, and the research done by highly qualified individuals in the labs and relaying it, interpreting it into a practical manner so average individuals or new coaches can apply it. That's my job. That's my why. And why is that my why? It's my why because that's what changed my life. People doing that for me, and I'm paying it forward, right? We do use advanced strategies. We do use science, but we use it in a practical, lifestyle-oriented way. We work with average individuals, and we work with a lot of trainers and coaches. They hire us to change their bodies, training and nutrition. We do nutrition coaching and training program design for a lot of average individuals and a lot of coaches. Way back, I graduated high school at 17 years old. I graduated high school overweight, unhappy, unathletic, injured, recovering from my second knee injury at this point. I just had surgery on my third, and this is finally the first time I did all the rehab right, and I'm starting to feel really good. Um, you know, a couple people helped that quite a bit uh, throughout the time. Karan Hawking, shout-out to him, one of my mentor clients. He is actually helping me with mobility right now, Coach Chronic, and he's crushing it. That dude is a beast when it comes to individualized mobility. Shout-out to you, man. It's actually pretty crazy. But anyway, this is my third knee surgery. But my second one, you know, my second knee injury, I actually didn't have surgery on it. It tore my ACL partially, but they were just like, stay off it, rehab it. It'll come back. You're fine. You didn't do a complete tear. It'll heal itself. Didn't really do rehab. Didn't really do much. Gained a ton of weight after high school. And now I'm just in this position where I'm just stuck, unmotivated, unhappy, unconfident, not knowing what they'll do, right? I just turned 18 uh, at the end of the summer. My birthday is July 24th, which is in a few days, if you're listening to this on the day it launched. And so I graduated. Then I turned 18 a couple months later. And then I'm at this point where I'm like, I'm about to go to community college. I'm going to go for business because that's what my dad wants me to go for. And I mean, shit, that's just what I'm going to do. And I just kept getting chunkier and chunkier until I finally got sick of it. Looked in the mirror, hated what I saw, and I was really transparent with myself for the first time. I weighed myself. I looked at myself naked in the mirror. And it was the first time I did either of those things and was just like, what's going on? Why are you doing this when you can change if you wanted to? The problem was is the pleasure of being lazy partying and ignoring my fitness and health was greater than the pain of being in a very physically and unhealthy, uh, unphysical and unhealthy body. Right? I ignored that health because I didn't go to the doctor. I ignored the pain in my knee because I didn't go to PT. I didn't train either so I didn't see the, the pain it was causing me or the lack of range of motion or the lack of ability because I didn't play sports anymore. Right? I didn't see the pain because I wasn't looking in the mirror. I wasn't looking on the scale. I was avoiding pictures. So I finally was transparent with my pain and that pain was greater than the pleasure of me being lazy and partying. So I finally decided to make a change. This is where it all started for me. I started by cutting out bullshit, right? Changed from, and this is, this is sounds so funny, but it's so simple. And this is how simple it can be for an obese individual who hasn't changed anything yet. And I encourage those people who are obese, who are struggling. And I wasn't obese. I'm not saying that I was, but I was starting from ground zero. So simple changes went a long way. And this is what people at ground zero and, and at obese level should do first. So I started by, I changed from Cocoa Pebbles to Special K. <laughs> like legitimately, and like Honey Bunches votes, which are fire, but mm. that created a caloric deficit. Those were technically healthier because they were less calories, and they had a little bit more nutrients. They had whole grains in it. Cocoa Pebbles was not it was good, but not good for you, but I made those changes, right? Um, I went from 2% milk to fat-free milk. I went from white bread to like Dave Killer's bread, like things like that. I still ate fucking salami, Havarti, and mayonnaise on bread, but I was having a better bread. I was having lower calorie cereal, lower calorie milk, little things like that. I didn't know that it was creating a caloric deficit. I didn't know about flexible dieting or tracking macros at the time, but, um, and I don't even think tracking macros or I-I-F-Y-M was a thing back then, but I was like, I'm going to choose the quote-unquote healthier option at the time that meant low fat or low sugar or whatever the the box, the process box told me was healthy, and I, and I followed it, and it worked. I lost some weight. A couple weeks went by. I'm down a little bit, but then it plateaued. So I went from Mountain Dew to Diet Mountain Dew, Diet Coke. Boom, lost a little bit more weight. So now I'm down probably, like, realistically, if I think back, I probably lost about, like, 10 pounds, 10, 15 pounds just doing that. So I probably went from, like, 210 to 200, right? Still overweight, still not happy. What's my next move? Okay, I'm going to open up men's health followed a diet plan in there lost a good amount of weight in like 30 days gained that weight back okay that worked temporarily now i'm going to try hcg you drop a little droplets under your tongue you eat like 500 calories a day starve yourself worked amazingly well i lost a shit ton of weight even more than last time but then i gained it all back really quick when i went to a normal diet even though i was eating healthy why because i went from eating 500 calories a day and dropping things under my tongue to eating a normal 2500 calorie diet as an 18 year old gained a bunch of weight now i'm going to try training I was really uncomfortable with the gym, um, but I feel like that's just my next route. Like, I got to burn some calories. I got to get back in the gym, right? So I started training. uh, And at this point, I've tried probably more than just those two diets, but tried some fad diets, didn't work, haven't trained at all. So I started going to a 24-hour gym called Vision Quest, which is no longer a company anymore. Um, And it was at the mall. Really cool, big gym, but it was at the mall. And they had, like, all these windows so everybody in the mall could see you. I was like, dude, this is horrible. It's 24 hours, though. When is the mall closed? 10. Cool. I'll go after 10. So I would go at night so nobody could see me. But granted, started building little muscles, not really losing any weight, but I was building muscle, so my composition was changing. I was happy. Still overweight. Now I'm going to go and try some other stuff. So I'm like trying all these different things. I'm in cardio. I'm doing these diets. And then I am in the gym at Highland Community College, and Tim Vagan walks by, the director of the personal training development program there. It's a community college, but it is ranked one of the top. It was, when I went top three, uh, maybe it still is, recognized by Livestrong and a bunch of other companies, FMS as uh, top three personal development courses in the country. A lot of really well-known people go through there, but I didn't know that. I'm going to Highland Community College, right? Guy walks by. He's like, hey, I can probably help you with that knee. You probably don't want to be doing leg extensions. That's not the best way to rehab it. And I'm like, all right, dude, who are you? He's like, oh, I run the personal development program, personal training development program here. I look at him. He's kind of older. You don't look jacked to me, so I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Ignore him. He's like, all right, well, if you get interested, stop by my class. And I'm like, okay. Being an ignorant idiot, really, 18-year-old kid, I just ignored the advice. Weeks went by. I'm sitting in business class, had an argument with the teacher, got up, walked out of class, see his building, and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go in there and see what's up. So I walk in. He was teaching functional movement, the class. It was literally called functional movement. Um, And so I go in, and there was a baby on the projector screen in a quadruped position, and they were going over the mechanics of proper movement and posture and all these things. I was like, man, this is really fascinating stuff. Long story short, because I've told this story before, that was my first experience behind education. So tying this back to the why, yes, I'm not just going on a random rant here. There's a purpose. That was my why. I didn't know until honestly five years after that probably. But that was what created my why. He was the first person to show me education. So once I learned from him in that class, I changed my degree without permission of my parents, but they later on accepted the fact that I was going down this route, even though I was a little bit overweight and I was deciding to be a trainer. Not that many people believe me, but hey, look at me now. I'm doing it. (laughs) So things worked out. But I, I mean, it, it was just fascinating. That we were training. We were learning about movement. We were learning about joints. We were learning about muscle insertions. We were l- learning about program design and volume. There was a nutrition class. Like, there was all this cool stuff. And for the first time, I loved school. I loved school. Back in high school, I, I hated school. I enjoyed acting class, and I enjoyed writing class. And those were the only two classes I excelled at. I didn't even excel in PE because I was overweight and unathletic. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't fun for me. And I didn't want to get sweaty at school. So... Like, the only classes I enjoyed in high school were acting because I could – we did, like, filming. We'd film videos and video class and acting. We'd get on stage. It was a blast. I got to play roles and, like, be funny on camera. And you guys know I love shooting content, so it was a perfect fit for me. And then I loved writing class because I could do stories for projects, and I would write stories. And that's why I got into blogging. But, I mean, this was the first time I loved education, and Tim Vagan, later did I know that he knew everybody in the industry, Mike Boyle, Charlie Weingroff, uh, uh, oh my God, why am I dropping the name, Dan John, I don't know how I couldn't forget, I almost called him John Dan, that's why I was like, that's not right, uh, Dan John is a legend, um, but everybody, great cook, Luka Hosevar, he introduced me to so many people and I started learning from all these people. And he was the first person that started teaching me how powerful education was. And as I learned in this class, all of a sudden I started shedding weight. And no shit, by the end of my like first or second, it was probably like two semesters in of college, I was down to like 160. Like I literally had lost 40 pounds in a school year and I could see my abs now. And it was because I learned the proper way to do things. I wasn't stressing, I was loving the process, right? And during this time, I found out who Nate Green was and I started reading his books. Um, I reached out to him with questions and he would email me back and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I looked at his scrawny to brawny stuff on precision nutrition. I started kind of getting this mindset of like, maybe I should build muscle too, right? Um, at the time, I was just focused on fat loss. So when I got really lean, I was kind of skinny fat and I had to then go on a muscle gain phase. But the point is, is I found Nate Green. I found, found Jay Ferugia. I found Christian Thibodeau way back. Um, I was on T Nation religiously, Precision Nutrition, religiously. I found Martin Burkhan with uh, Lean Gains way back before intermittent fasting was super popular. He was the first one. Um, I mean, everybody, John Romanello when he was really big in the fitness space. A lot of these guys, and, and I started learning and learning and learning, and I paid for their products, and I bought their ebooks and I joined their membership sites. And it was this process of like two years being in school and – working under Tim and going to classes and losing all the weight and then starting to build muscle, learning from these people. I had a mentor that was a student at the at the college, um, and he was just further along with me. He was already working as a trainer, and then I met Luca, and Luca mentored me, and then I met all these other individuals, and it was like this long process of just education, and I never typed... Two to two together, like not for a long time, because as I started getting into it, I was like, okay, my why, and and it still is to an extent, is like my why is to help people lose fat, and it's less about losing fat because it could be any aesthetic change to the body, but it it was about getting people out of the mental pain they were in for not loving what they saw in the mirror. Because that's what I experienced. And my whole life, I was self-conscious about it. And I didn't enjoy that. And I believe that my life would have been better if I was leaner. And it would have been because I would have felt better. My joints would have felt better. I possibly wouldn't have got injured. I would have performed better in sports. I would have got more attention from the girls like every guy wants. Like everything would have been better. And that's why I used to always say your body is the fastest path to power because your body unlocks the doors to every avenue of your life, success in every avenue of your life. But it wasn't until years later when I started like really picking apart who were the most successful clients that I would work with, who got the best results, how did they get the best results, why did they get the best results. Those were the individuals who were more invested in the process. Those were the individuals who asked more questions. Those were the individuals who wanted the education. And those were the individuals that I gave the education to. The people who didn't care about the process were, un- were not committed to learning and just wanted the result handed to them. Those were the people that either A, got a result, but then gained it back, or B, they didn't get a result in the first place because they couldn't fully buy into the process. But it wasn't until years later that I did this audit and I realized like, fuck, education is the key. Granted, this, this long-winded 20-minute answer as to what my why is, my why is education, The why of our brand is education. The why of who we are and what we do is educating individuals to be empowered enough to be their own coach. Eventually, at some point in time, they can coach themselves. They can understand macros. They can understand nutrition. They can understand training. They can understand cardio and sleep and recovery and all these complicated things that get involved inside of body transformation. You can understand this. And that's why as passionate coaches, our job, at Boom Boom Performance is to educate average individuals and coaches alike to achieve above average results, right? And it's taking these advanced topics, strategies, methods, tools, and actual science and creating application out of it for the practical and everyday individual. Like that's our why, because that's what they did for me. I was just a kid. I was another young adult didn't know shit, wanted the fast result, and I had to strike out over and over and over again until one person gave me a shot, and he educated me, and that was Tim Bagan. He started all of this for me. He educated me. Once I bought into the educational process, and I let myself be patient, and I enjoyed the process, and I engaged myself into the learning process, all of a sudden, I caught this bug for education, and I sought out mentors and coaches and teachers and books and study material, and it's insane. I just went deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole, but the reason I never gained the weight back, the reason I keep successfully changing my body, and the reason why so many clients are successful with us is because of education. So where do I think the industry needs to go? The first thing I think is education, and that's why I started with my why. As I break down these things as to what I think the industry needs more of and where I think the industry... Partially, I think the industry is headed this way already because I think there's other individuals like me who see this exact benefit behind education and all the things I'm going to talk about. And then I think there's people that are still on the opposite side and we're trying to convince them. And we're trying to win over the people who are still falling for marketing and hype, which I understand because I did as well. But we're trying to win those people over with our philosophies, which take more time, take more patience, take more trust, and take more education. But I wanted to talk about my why first because it sets the stage for what I'm going to talk about today. And the first one is education. I wrote education times 100. And the reason I wrote it that way is because I think that's, it's really the foundation. It's the building block. It's the number one thing that we need to prioritize in order to see better results, right? Like education is the key. So I've already kind of, I'm not going to elaborate too much on the educational piece because we already talked about that basically this whole time, but This is what you should be looking for inside of a coach. This is what the industry needs. And the reason you, two things on this. The reason you need to find this in a coach is because if you can understand what you are doing, why you are doing it, and how it's actually working inside and with your body, your adherence and your consistency will go through the roof. I get this question all the time. How do I get people to follow this plan? How do I get people to buy into this? How do I get people to stay more consistent? Educate them. I think I am. I don't think you are. Not enough. Why is it that a lot of my clients are more consistent? It's because I educate them. And even before they hop on board with me, I educate them through this podcast and through the Instagram stuff. So everybody listening, if you're a coach, educate your clients more. Educate everybody more. Do it for free. I do it. This podcast is free. I spend hours and hours and hours every fucking week putting out this podcast. And it's free. Why? Because education is important. And the people listening who are not coaches seek education. You don't need to create it. Go seek it. There are so many good blogs, there's so many free ebooks, there's so many good paid ebooks. I give so much free content. Soak it up and I promise you, you will be more adherent and more consistent to see progress because you understand why. And when you actually dive into the education, it becomes more exciting. So the process along the way is just better. You actually are engaged in the process, you enjoy the process of your macros, of tracking data, of working out, of program design, of adjusting nutrition, of seeing your body change. The process is what you need to dive into. If you're so focused on the end result constantly, you can't be present in the process. And if you can't be present in the process, you are impatiently going to be inconsistent, period. Education is the key. And I think the industry needs to head this way. I think it's one of the biggest problems with the industry right now is there's too many people trying to like, hide their secrets as if fat loss is some black magic. Like No, like, educate people. Tell them your secrets. I'm the magician who reveals all. That's my goal. And I think, I think if the industry as a whole starts focusing more on education, which I do think it is, I think it's getting better, I think it'll be a, a unbelievable, a dramatic change in the results people see and the positivity and the outlook of the coaching industry as a whole. Like I just think people in general will take in coaching and fitness and nutrition in a better manner in a better light. So I think that's huge. The second thing, which I think is actually gonna surprise people, I don't think that many people think of this, is I think more people need to learn from bodybuilders and focus on bodybuilding, I think it's I think it's one of the I think it's crazy to me like I've always been super into bodybuilding and I haven't been like I'm not a prep coach. Yes, I have a handful of clients that do physique competitions I've worked with many people. Um, I have a guy getting on stage in four days um, but that's not my main target, right? That's not my target audience. That's not my main clientele. 95% of our clients are, are people not getting on stage, maybe doing photo shoots, maybe getting extremely lean, but not necessarily getting on stage. But who are the most high-qualified experts in body transformation? Bodybuilders. Who knows how to build muscle and burn fat better than anybody? Bodybuilders. Who understands that you need to target building muscle even if your goal is fat loss? bodybuilders who is more entrenched in the science bodybuilders who's the most patient athlete in the game bodybuilders like the list goes on they understand it and the philosophies behind bodybuilders you don't need to take it to that extreme always if you're gen pop but the philosophies and the methods bodybuilders use to transform their body are the best methods to transform anybody's body because that's what it is it's body transformation it's aesthetically driven sport nothing against crossfit but crossfit is performance driven it's not aesthetic driven so you can do CrossFit and lose weight, don't get me wrong, but bodybuilding is, is truly the art of transforming your body to build muscle and burn fat. So I think that if more people can accept bodybuilding and more people in the industry can learn from bodybuilders, accept bodybuilders, try to kind of dive into bodybuilders. I've, I've just grown to love it. I've studied from them. I've read their books. I, I go to their research. I've become friends with a lot of them. Like I just find it fascinating, and I think it's one of the reasons why we are really, really good at body transformation for even the gen pop and for advanced individuals. And why we can work with a wide spectrum of people is because we understand bodybuilding on such a deep level and we understand the nutrition behind it. Um, And I think that's really important. Um, And I think like gen pop bodybuilding is a really cool thing. I'm, I'm a gen pop bodybuilder. I don't compete. I don't plan on competing, but I bodybuild, right? Functional bodybuilding, truly functional bodybuilding, not CrossFit style bodybuilding, which nothing against that. I think that there's a movement of like CrossFitters who are incorporating more slower tempo bodybuilding style work inside their CrossFit. And I think it's actually really, really smart because I think it's a good way to balance intensities. And the recovery spectrum of CrossFitters is improving. Therefore, their performance improves um, and they get better results all around. So I think it's a really smart thing. I just believe that true functional bodybuilding is bodybuilding with, taking into consideration the anatomy and the movement patterns of your body. And what I mean by that is where do your muscles insert? What is the stretch shortening cycle of a muscle? What movement patterns work best with your biomechanics, right? Like what is functional movement? Are you assessing things? Are you choosing exercise based on their movement pattern? Or are you just calling something functional because you have a dumbbell or a kettlebell in your hand? Um, So I think like true functional bodybuilding, yes, it uses more free weights and such, but it's more focused on individuality. It's more focused on hypertrophy and and understanding the anatomy of how your body moves, works, how the joints are placed and stacked and positioned, and how to build muscle while eliminating those pains. Um, That's what I see as functional bodybuilding. But I think like the gen pop bodybuilding movement is really cool and I think it should grow. And I don't know if that's just me claiming what I consider myself or what I do, but I think that's a really cool thing that needs to grow. The third thing. Bridging the gap between science and application. And I like to think that I'm one of the – I wouldn't say pioneers. I think that's a – I think saying I'm a pioneer is kind of a glorified statement to say about yourself. But I will say is like I do think I'm at the forefront of this. I think I'm one of the individuals who is truly doing this in the practical world setting. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people in the labs doing research that are creating practical application for science-based terms. But I think not enough general population people get the result of that because there's a lot of gen pop people that don't pay for research review subscriptions. They don't pay to go to seminars with researchers and stuff like that, which is fine. But I think more people need to understand that stuff and need to go out of their way to learn about the science, learn about anatomy, learn about the functions of the body, learn about hormones, learn about nutritional science, like in Go for yourself in those things and then learn how to bridge that gap. What you read on a research paper or hear about a study doesn't transfer to a practical setting 100%. And what I mean by that is simple. The Matador study, for example, two weeks dieting, two weeks off, showed better results. Okay, but that turns an eight-week diet into a 16-week diet, a 16-normal-week cut into a 32-week cut. That's a lot of diet fatigue. That's a lot of patience. That's a lot of adherence. That's a lot of lifestyle altering. So is that really advantageous? Is that really practical? Can you alter that? Does everybody need to do two weeks on, two weeks off? But a lot of people read this study and they just try to mimic it completely. There's no individual practicality inside of that. The the philosophy, the method, the principle, the theory behind this study of Matador was that you shouldn't be restricting calories 24-7, 365. You should be intermittently dieting. And that's why it's called an intermittent diet study. You should be intermittently and occasionally entering in maintenance phases and diet breaks so that you are recovering from the diet more frequently and therefore sustaining a result for longer without metabolic adaptation. It's not the study we need to focus on. It's the theory behind it. It's the result it provided in the concept as to why the, the result was created. Intermittent dieting, that's the thing we need to pull from that. How do we practically apply that to an average individual? So bridging the gap between science and application, I think is something that there's definitely some really cool coaches out there doing it. Um, I, I pride myself in being one of those individuals. And that's really what we do. And that's what my content is about as well. Um, And I have a handful of friends in the industry that are coaches as well that are really, really good about this. Um, So shout out to all them. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and name a list of people, but I've been growing closer and closer to a lot of uh, really good coaches and influencers that are actually doing that the right way. And and I think it's cool because, and I'm going to get to this when I get to the, to one of my next points, but I think it's really cool because we're coming together. But my, my main point is that is bridging the gap between science and application. Um, there's a lot of people who solely follow experience and anecdote and what they hear and what they see from other individuals. And there's a lot of people who only rely on science, but there's no middle ground. I shouldn't say there's no. There's very little middle ground in the reality of true results inside of an everyday individual or true results in what a coach can apply to an everyday individual. That lies in that middle ground between anecdote and practical application and science. So you have to meet it with a bridge. You have to bridge the gap. You have to create practical application from what the science says. We can't we can't argue science. It's science. It works. It's a hundred percent. That's just that's a reality. But we can create practical application out of it. And I think the industry needs to go that route. I think if the industry starts focusing more on Creating application, practical application out of science. I think things will escalate so much faster. Uh, I'm going to skip to number seven, so we'll make number seven number four because I just kind of mentioned it. Uh, but collaboration, like it, it shouldn't be about anything else besides collaborating and being positive. And that's why I mentioned like it's really cool that I've been collaborating with all these people. You know, I do podcasts with so many individuals, and in the ones that are truly about practical application of science, truly about helping individuals, truly about free content, about coaching, about the good stuff, about being positive, about doing the right things. We're st- we're, we've we're been in touch constantly. Like, it's kind of crazy. Um, Jordan Syed, Jade Tata, Austin Current, Sam Miller, Brad Jensen, Jason Phillips, like all these people that I met them through content. I met them through doing these things. Um, and we stay in touch so much now. And it's pretty crazy because Those are the individuals. Uh, Chris Barricat is another one. Will Grazion, like I just had them them two on. You guys haven't heard the episode yet. But um, my point is, is like, I meet all these individuals and it's the people who really care about making an impact in the industry that stay in touch and keep collaborating. Like, let's share each other's message. Let's build each other's brand. Let's collaborate to expand our reach and build. It's not about anything else. It's not a competition. It's not about stepping on people's toes. We're all here to do the same thing. We're all here to create positivity in other people's lives. We're here to create impact. The only way we can do that is positivity and collaboration. Hate and negativity serves no purpose in success. It doesn't. Neither does comparison. Competition, yes, there'll always be competition, but the greatest competition, the main competition you should be focused on is yourself. And I think as the industry goes forward, if we can keep collaborating and stop hating on other individuals, just be positive and collaborate with people who are like-minded, the, the message, the brand, the, the mission, the, the focus, the impact, it just grows. It multiplies. That's what this is about, and that's where the industry needs to go. So bad. The next one I have is balance. This kind of relates to the bridging the gap between science and application, but we need to find balance. There's too many things in the industry that glorify an uh, all-out intensity in one direction right? If it fits your macros, took things way too far. I will say flexible dieting is probably the best diet because it, it emulates well-balanced. It tells you to get fiber. It tells you to get adequate nutrition. It tells you to focus on micronutrients first. It tells you to actually be flexible and eat some junk food so you can live. Like there's a lot of good principles inside it. So I do believe in it quite a bit, especially because flexible dieting isn't any one kind of diet because you can do intermittent fasting or keto or any type of flexible dieting really. But my point is, is We need to find balance. Keto is is great in some medical settings, but I think keto is so far on one end that it doesn't create a lot of balance in your life. Unless you have a serious issue where you need to do so to feel better, which we have clients that have done keto, and we have a couple that are on keto right now because it helps them, but I think if you're jumping that far in one direction, you're hurting yourself. If you think if uh, if if it's your macros is the only way, you're hurting yourself. Paleo, the only way, you're hurting yourself. Why be paleo if white rice doesn't bother you? It's going to help your performance and recovery like just eat it. It's not that big of a deal. There's no reason to demonize white rice. That's insane, right? CrossFit, even bodybuilding to some extent, right? All these avenues go so hard in one direction. Why can't we blend things? That's why I do like the functional bodybuilding movement of like Marcus Philly. I think he's doing a good job of blending CrossFit and bodybuilding. I, I think it should be called like cross-building or something personally just because I think functional bodybuilding is a little bit different by definition but I can't argue with him it's his coin term and it's not that he's not doing functional bodybuilding I actually like Marcus Philly talked to him multiple times he has a really good product I, I, I like his message and everything so this is not me downplaying it um, but my point is is most directions people are taking it too far in one direction Um, and they, and even with people not committing to the long term, they just go all in on one thing right now. And it creates binges. It creates poor relationships with food and cardio and things like that. I just think we need to get out of this all out mentality, all in on one direction or dogmatic approach, dogmatism, black and white answers. Like those things don't serve anybody. They don't help anybody and they don't actually create results in anybody at all. They literally just they just create dogmatism and they make people believe they have to do something. It's a rigid approach. I don't think it's the right way. I think more and more as the industry grows and as we pursue further along, I think we need to prioritize and focus on balance. How can we balance things? How can we do multiple things? How can we take different approaches and all these different ideas and concepts and bring them together to create more education, positivity, results? Because we can. The next thing super, super, super important, individualization. I think the industry is heading this way. I think it's the future of the industry. I think, you know, like I get asked all the time uh, about like templated diets and templated programs and I actually don't think there's anything wrong with them. I just don't think that they're the best solution. I don't think they're the answer. They're a cheap way to provide some kind of result Um, and I think templated training programs are much better than templated nutrition programs because the reality is, is nutrition needs to be way more individual than training does. But I think the the thing that needs to go along, and this is why like inside the Boom Boom Elite, our membership site, like those programs aren't individually designed. There's adjustments built in. There's substitutions built in. But the big kicker is you get access to me. That's why it is not a template because I am there to adjust it for you. I am there to guide you. I am there to answer your questions. I am there to give you accountability. So even for us, we couldn't do a completely template. We needed to create some kind of support guidelines and accountability inside of that program. Um, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, that's a, a factor of individualization. Now, if you want the most extreme result, especially in nutrition, I would say basically solely in nutrition. I'm, I will confidently say that anybody can follow a training program inside our, our Boom Boom Elite and get results. And they will get even better results if they work with us on nutrition as well. Because nutrition is extremely individual. But adherence, consistency, adjustment, substitutions in training and in nutrition – Is very individual, and you need to create individuality inside of this through coaching. And I think the industry is going that way. There's so much AI technology with different ways to customize your training or nutrition or your diet or your recipes and sleep and recovery and all these things we can track. I think it's really important. I think it's growing and I think it's gonna keep growing and I think it's gonna keep going in that direction. And that's why I think they're gonna keep introducing these different algorithms, different things like that. And I don't think they're gonna stick around. I think they're gonna come in and come out, and I think coaching is always going to stay at the top. And it's been at the top for a long time. When has there not been coaches? And there's a reason for that. You cannot replace human interaction. You cannot replace human experience and that practical application of the science. It's just, it's unreplaceable. So I think individuality is a big key and I think the industry is heading that way. Um, slowly, but I think it's important that it keeps going that direction. And I think more and more people need to consider an individualized approach, whether you are on either end. So if you're on the end of, you want to see results, you want to change your body, don't settle for the cheap, quick options, settle for the way of getting individual attention because it always pays off and you always get better results. You learn more, you're more educated and you can sustain the results better. And I stand by that because even if you don't work with us, if you work with any great individualized coach, that's what's going to happen. If they're truly good at what they do and they truly individualize the process, that's what happens. And that's how true education is born. So I think that's super, super big. And I think I do think the industry is going this way, but I think it's going to continue to and I think it needs to. That's something that we have needed for a long time, especially in like I would say like five or six years ago when it was like really big on like marketing hype and supplements. And that phase kind of came in. It stuck around for a while, but that was pushing us further and further away from individualization. And, and I don't know what happened. But I think the individual storm kind of kicked in and just took over, and I think it's going to continue to take over because the results speak for themselves, you know, and that's why it took a while to build up. But once, like, results started getting out of what it creates, it it just has that momentum. The last thing I'm going to touch on, and you guys know I'm big on this, it's periodization for the long term. So getting a commitment from an individual. I think that the industry needs to keep heading this route because I don't think anything happens overnight. I don't think you can get quick fixes. And I think that... If people really focus on committing to a long term, but then also periodizing what that looks like, I think it's going to go a long way. I had a conversation with a new client today, and we talked about this exact thing, You know, like going from a fat loss phase to a reverse diet to a maintenance phase to a lean gain phase to periodic mini cuts to make sure that we're keeping fat in check while still chasing the goal of muscle gain to eventually going back to a maintenance then to a diet then to having mini diet breaks along the way like there's a lot of periodization that goes into the works but that's how you actually transform a body and that's how you educate people on how to do it sustainably every time you create a a solid periodization plan you are solidifying the sustainability of your results you are creating your new homeostasis you are creating a way for you to not only sustain the results but more accurately uh, determine what your results are going to be to literally like, lay out what the future is going to hold for you. And I think that's super important. And it's also an obvious answer to this. is It's also a great way to avoid metabolic adaptation. Some metabolic adaptation is probably going to happen regardless. It's part of dropping calories and losing weight. The lighter you get, the slower your metabolism gets. The less calories you eat, the slower your metabolism gets. We can't completely avoid it. And even if we reverse diet up to a really high calorie intake, you're not going to be able to diet on a really high calorie intake every time. Somebody that builds their metabolism from 1,500 to 2,800, great. You maintain your weight doing that. You're probably still going to have to get pretty low in calories to drop weight. It's just part of metabolic adaptation. If you can do the reverse diet in the right way, great. You can not gain weight by adding those calories, and that's smart because you're going to be healthier, and, and it's going to be more sustainable. You're going to build more muscle, and you're going to be happier during that off-season period or that time away from dieting right, in a deficit, and that's important, but you have to understand that you're probably going to have to diet on the way down too. It's it's the same thing for me. Is like I can build my calories up and not gain weight and, and successfully reverse diet, but when I want to get lean, I have to drop down past a certain point that I don't like dropping down past, but... It's just what I have to do. Uh, but that's besides the point. Periodization is the key to understanding this. Periodization is the key to understanding how to avoid metabolic adaptation, avoid thyroid dysfunction, avoid testosterone dysfunction, right? It's, it's the key to mastering true body composition change, building muscle, maintaining muscle, maintaining fat loss, maintaining all these things. It's so unbelievably important. Periodization is the process of planning out sequences inside your diet, maintenance, and lean gaining phase so that you can sustain the result you are trying to achieve with less stress, less anxiety, and more predictability of where your body's going to go. Periodization and long-term commitment is the last thing I want to talk about today because I don't think enough people in the industry talk about it. I'm trying really hard to be a loud voice in this industry and constantly talk about periodization because it's so important Um, And I'm becoming known for it, which I'm really proud of. I'm really happy with. Um, And I'm speaking on it at places now too, which is amazing. But more and more people need to grow this route. More and more people need to trust us with this path inside of transformation. And more and more coaches need to understand this philosophy completely and use it as a method with their clients so they can successfully sustain results. Like periodization and long-term commitment is the last thing I'm going to talk about, but it might be one of the biggest things that the industry needs to head down